Well, it's good to see all of you again. Last week was our first uh, show back and since July. And a lot of you asked where Kinsey was. Kinsey is going to be here. I, I send her a link to, uh, to join the show. She's really busy, especially this time of day. But I wanted to set up, since we have freeworld.fm, I wanted to set this program up to where it follows David Knight. We're eventually going to get all of that set up. So I'm just laying the groundwork, and I'm sure Kenzie will be here. And if you follow the podcast channel, which anywhere podcasts are found, please go follow the Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto Show and leave us a review. It really helps us because a lot of these shows that you're seeing live, um, the interviews and things that when we have scheduling, stuff, that's going to be going through the podcast feed. So you're going to want to subscribe to the podcast. This is more of an overview Um one of the things that we're going to cover today is a lot of macro. I cover a lot of macro stuff, especially when you have a limited uh, live window. So that's what we're doing here on the Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto Show. And we have a lot to cover today. If you want to comment, uh, it's live on YouTube. We're live on my Twitter at Tony Arterburn. We're live on the at Wise Wolf Gold Twitter. So comment there. That should show up here on my feed. The uh, Rockfin family, uh, R-O-K-F-I-N on the America Unplugged channel. You can go there as well. And again, this is a show about the overview, the markets, the, the monetary system, really setting the pace for the week, which is what I do. If you follow my shows where I talk about the parapolitical and we go into uh, the roots of all of that and, and what's happening before for us with history unfolding, a lot of that, everything has its roots in the monetary system, in my opinion. From what I, all of my study that I've done my entire adult life, everything leads back to this. It's about currency creation. Uh, when I say the, that the fiat is fake, it's the head of the snake. It truly is. So we're, we cover not only gold and silver, but we cover the broader crypto, which I don't think anybody does that. I don't think any show out there. It's a, it's a big undertaking because you're trying to target different audiences. But I think it really flows together. And a lot of the, a lot of the crypto space we're going to find here at the end of the show, I've got two articles. Uh, they were, they're really di diametrically opposed to each other in philosophies because you have the free market, open market, so what, so-called, right, with the crypto, and a lot of it's just silly. But it is an answer to the even greater evil. Some of it's silly, but it's not evil. There's, a, there's an evil to fiat currencies. There's an evil to unlimited money printing, robbing people of their wealth. It's a hidden taxation. It's, it's mind warfare because you're not taught this in schools. So it's like you have to go to a, a third party educator. You have to educate yourself. You have to be an autodidact to figure out what's going on. Why, why are my savings losing money? Why, why does it cost so much more for me to buy a home? Why does it cost so much more for me to buy a house? Why can't I get ahead? Well, those things are rooted in currency creation. And of course, this last week we had Santa Powell. Jerome Powell is back. He's Santa Claus now. He's announced that it, everything's fine that inflation was in fact transitory. Well, that's not what he said, but you get what I'm saying. Him and Janet Yellen for the last, what, year and a half? Oh, inflation's transitory. And, and then they got really hawkish and they raised rates for the fastest the fastest rate hikes in, the, in history of the Federal Reserve. And then now they're fine, supposedly. But there's an election year coming up. And now they have a terminal rate, which I found that to be a lot more apropos. I thought the terminal rate was, was a good description of where they are. It's pretty terminal. All right. So we're going to jump right into the macro. And this was an article up. This is what's going to set the table for the show today. I don't know. If, hopefully I'll take a break. If you guys 
uh, have comments, concerns, anything you want to throw at me, uh, please do on the, do so in the comments section. And I'll see if I can get to that because this is a lot to cover. This is a, I saw this article, I thought this was a great uh, broad brush of what to look for in 2024. And this is, of course, from Jim Rickards, who authored uh, Currency Wars. He used to be an analyst for the Central Intelligence Agency. I don't agree with everything Rickard says, but I think he has a, a good mind for picking up trends. He's written books on the, the gold standard, bringing back the gold standard, a book called Aftermath, which I really enjoyed. Uh, when I first started doing this type of program, I, I quoted a lot from Aftermath uh, back in 2019. So let me share my screen here, and we'll go into this article that's up on Zero Hedge. And this is, of course, Jim Rickards again. Uh, Rickards five forecasts for 2024. So this is a good, good way to set the tone for today's show. It says I have five forecasts for 2024 to help keep you ahead of the curve in positioning your investment portfolio. My overall forecast in 2024 will be more tumultuous and shocking than 2023. <laughs> that may seem hard to credit. With two major wars going on, an indicted former president, a demented current president, how could 2024 be more challenging than 2023? He said, rest assured it will be, and I explain why. An election of dire consequences. It is a cliche to write that the next presidential election will be the, quote, most important in our lifetime. Yet in 2024, that cliche will actually be true. The divide between the two parties is probably greater than any time in U.S. political history since the Civil War. The choice could not be more stark and the stakes could not be higher. Well, I'm going to disagree here. You guys know my show. Uh, we can dig into that later. I do think the election will have massive consequences, but maybe not because of the candidates per se. Because first off, I don't think Joe Biden will be the Democratic nominee for president. Biden's problem is just his, not just his age, but the fact that he is actually mentally and physically impaired. He's simply not fit to be president. Everyone knows it. If Democrat operatives and media sycophants don't want to mention it, that's fine. But who will replace Biden? The most likely replacement is Gavin Newsom, J.P. Pitzker, Gretchen Whitmer, and Jennifer Grelholm. All four were our state governors, were or are state governors. They're all about the same ideologically. Take your pick. Forget Kamala Harris. She's simply too much of a liability. Well, I agree with that statement. I, I think that it's real possible. You can go into this is sort of a parapolitical uh, back, you know, backdrop for me going back to 2020. But I talked about the laptop and Hunter Biden. I said this, this will not be used by the Republicans. They don't ever seem to use any weapons at their disposal. But I definitely think the Democrats will use it when it's time for them to shuffle off Joe Biden when they want to get rid of him. He's no longer viable. And that may just be the pressure that they need. The corrupt. That's why I think you're seeing a lot of traction with the so-called impeachment and all the other things, the indictments, the hearings that will only escalate into 2024. And it won't benefit the American people, but certainly the Democratic Party. Does the Republican slide? Or excuse me, that's what I see. I see slide. It's a Republican side, but there is a slide in the Republican Party. On the Republican side, there's not a lot to say. Trump will be the nominee. No one can recall a non-incumbent with such a large lead in the polls. He's leading the pack by 55 points or more. 
and is now even running ahead of Joe Biden in recent polls. Meanwhile, Trump's facing over 90 felony charges in four separate indictments in two states and two federal courts. A criminal conviction, and this is what Rickard says, likely in my view, will further solidify Trump's base because of the blatant jury shopping, targeted prosecutions, and absence of due process that Trump has had to endure. I agree with those statements. It will, and I think that is the point, uh, which is to uh, solidify the base. I think that this is a really the only sides that are playing 4D chess are the globalist puppet masters. And I think that they really see that as a way to ensure a Democrat victory uh, because of demographics. And we can get into that later, but Rickards is calling it like he sees it. So we'll, we'll see what Rickards has to say. The biggest curveball is that Trump may actually be behind bars on election day. That's okay. There is no legal or other prohibition on electing an incarcerated convict felon as president. Third world, yes. Illegal, no. This brings us to the third party situation. There are many third party candidates who will likely divide the Democrats. These include RFK Jr., Cornell West, and Jill Stein. I wouldn't rule out Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia, who's announced he would seek re-election. If he runs for president, he won't seek re-election, excuse me. If he runs for president, he will likely go on to the no labels party line. I believe third party candidates will divide the Democrat vote, which also I believe will favor Trump. So that's my first forecast. Trump will win back the presidency in 2024. This is Jim Rickards. And we can get into that at another time. You guys follow my radio show. I've had, I have a little bit different analysis, but I agree with him on Trump being the nominee at this time. And the second, I think the, uh, the, the worry there for anybody who is a pro Trumper or looking for MAGA or anything like that is, is Nikki Haley, but they may find, find a way to blend her into MAGA and sell her to MAGA. We'll see uh, because she definitely wants uh, war. And uh, that's the ruling elite. Uh, those who control the party system, the duopoly in this country need to make sure that no matter what we're positioned for war, U S China and global recession, Chinese economic growth is now at low single digits, about 4% a year. That's down from double digit growth. The U.S. faces its own economic headwinds. The Federal Reserve has raised interest rates from or to 5.5% from zero in 20 months and reduced its balance sheet by over $1 trillion in the same period. And even tighter monetary policy that was engineered by Paul Volcker from 1979 and 1981. I've talked a lot about that. Just because interest rates weren't in the teens, you weren't paying attention. A lot of the media pundits weren't paying attention to how fast the rate hikes were. And that's, and Jim Rickards is right, 5.5 to from zero in 20 months, huge. The data showing the U.S. is heading to a recession is abundant. In fact, the U.S. may already be in a recession. The indicators include inverted yield curves, rising commercial real estate defaults, declining industrial production, declining job creation, and failing and falling bank loans. That leads to my next forecast. The U.S., the China, the U.S. and Japan will fall into a recession in the coming months. The EU is already in a recession. A rare global recession will be the result in 2024. He goes on to talk geopolitics, 
Ukraine. Russia is winning the war decisively. The West and Ukraine have shown no willingness to negotiate. And there's no reason the Russians, uh, for the Russians to negotiate because they're winning. With that in mind, it seems that Joe Biden will likely double down on his losing bet. <laughs> of course, of course he will. The Russians don't expect the war to be over until 2025. That gives Biden time to deliver F-16 fighter jets and more money to help Ukraine with its flying drones and sea drones that can attack Russian vessels and the Kirsch Bridge. Russia will certainly match that kind of escalation by shooting down the F-16s, increasing, increasing cruise missile attacks on Ukraine, Ukrainian cities and destroying Ukraine's energy in, infrastructure so that the country will lack electricity and heat this winter. Rickards goes on to say, my forecast is that Russia will not de-escalate because they're winning. Biden will not de-escalate because he's senile and is surrounded by warmongers and has no reverse gear. I do not expect escalation to the point of nuclear weapons, but the possibility of that outcome is uncomfortably high and should not be dismissed. Next is a two-part forecast. He's going to go into Gaza. I just want to sidebar here. I think he's something, if you've paid attention to Cold War history and NATO expansion, if you're just really even surface level looking at geopolitics and foreign policy, it is a very odd thing that he's mentioned that there has been no off-ramps for peace, no summits, no calls for any sort of meeting, any sort of de-escalation in Ukraine, which its policy of the West to agitate Russia and to keep that a kinetic exchange right now. And that is disastrous. And he's talking about, he hasn't ruled out the possibility of, I mean, Rickers is a very sober thinker. He's very strategic. So when he's talking about the use of nuclear weapons, I think he's saying that responsibly. I would too. It's something to worry about. And this is uh, the next uh, macro analysis, Israel and Gaza. The Israeli-Hamas war has its own risk of escalation. As of now, fighting is mostly limited to northern Gaza, adjacent to the Israeli border. Yet Israel faces an enemy 10 times more powerful than Hamas in the form of Hezbollah, which is located in Lebanon on Israel's northern border and which is heavily subsidized by Iran in terms of money, weapons, and intelligence. Hezbollah has launched some missile attacks from Lebanon on Israel's northern border, but those have not been extensive. In addition to Hezbollah, the Houthi rebels in Yemen are firing missiles into Israel. The Houthis are a direct Iranian proxy intended to threaten Saudi Arabia, but are equally capable of threatening Israel. If Hezbollah and Houthi attacks on Israel escalates, Israel will not limit their response to those two groups. They are likely to launch attacks on Iran itself, going to the root of the problem. At that point, Iran may fire missiles at Israel and close the Straits of Hormuz. This, now, this is where all of this going back to October 7th, this is what I've been saying. It's, it's not about, I mean, there is a land issue there. There is a, a Israel going to expand its territory and all that with Gaza. There is that you know, short term, but there also is the, this is a, this is language and this is Iran and Hezbollah and Hamas. And of course the Houthis as well, because they're Iranian proxies. This is language being an exchange between these two powers. And this has everything to do with energy 
with the region and really even tracking back to the waning geopolitical influence of the American hegemon. Okay, this is this is when you when you see a receding empire, there's a there's a vacuum. It's just like when the Soviet Union collapsed, it broke into 16 pieces. This is very similar to that. And, and this is my opinion, looking at the fact that I was in Iraq 20 years ago and I watched a currency die in real time. I watched a paper currency go to zero in real time. They were raiding the banks and people were walking out with boxes of Iraqi dinar. And we didn't stop them. No one's because nobody wanted them. They, the, the thieves didn't even know that they weren't worth anything. They couldn't trade them to anything. They just the banks were looted. And then there was trading in American dollars, which had always been the case. But now, if you look at the news, uh, Iraq has banned the use of American dollars and trading in American dollars. That's how that's how strange <laughs> that's how much the. Uh, monetary system and the global use of dollars has changed over the past 20 years. And that's why King dollar and all these things that you hear these phraseology, you need to watch out for that because it's uh, shrinking. Uh, the money velocity is tightening uh, every single month. And then of course, every year massively, we're down to about 43% of global use of dollars down from when I was in Iraq, it was about 75% of all the global transactions. So it's something to watch. Since for now, the tensions have been reduced slightly, but the escalation scenarios play out even in part, expect oil prices to go to $150 a barrel or higher that the, that will put the U S and Western Europe in a recession worse than 2008 and earlier oil shock of 1974. Don't rule it out. And we're here, here at the last part of the uh, article, which I think is probably the most serious you know, for this program, which is talking about the banking crisis, stage two, this is in less than two months from early March to early May 2023, we saw failures at Silvergate Bank, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, Credit Suisse, and First Republic. In response, the FDIC stepped in with the mother of all bailouts. Going forward, the issue is once you've guaranteed every deposit and agreed to finance every bond at par value, what's left in your bag of tricks? What can you do in the next crisis that you haven't already done except nationalize the banks? And I don't know if you guys heard, if you listened to me on the David Knight show the other day, I talked about how after the Great Recession the downturn in 2009 going into 2010, the FDIC, this was on 60 Minutes, and it wasn't picked up a lot. I, I thought it deserved more coverage. But the FDIC would go in and when they take over a bank. So, I mean, this is basically nationalization. The FDIC would go into a failing bank and it's probably banks you've heard of. They would go in and they would wear the uniforms of the people. They would fire everyone. Well, they would let everybody go because they'd taken over the bank. So the next morning, the bank would be open. But that wasn't your teller. And that's not your that's not your bank representative. They don't work for that company. They're. FDIC employees as to not give you the impression that there's bank failures all over the country, which there were. And now there's massive zombie, there's over a hundred zombie corporations in this country that have been propped up since 2008, 2009. And I think that's, that number is going to get worse until they, they finally let the zombies die. And this is what you have to watch out in these banking crises 
even Yellen said that they don't guarantee every deposit. They're they're not prepared to say that. They're not prepared to say that they can they can cover all losses. The FDIC doesn't say that. There's something uh, I think built into this. We can get into later, but it, I think you know when you roll out when you're going to need the rollout for the central bank digital currency, this is where it's going to come from. It's going to come from consolidation. And when the smaller regional banks start to fail, the bigger banks come and uh, snatch them up. It says uh, investors are relaxed because they believe the banking crisis is over. That's a huge mistake. History shows that major financial crises unfold in stages and have a quiet period between the initial stage and the critical stage. My next force forecast is that bigger and more acute stage two of the banking crisis is coming after the quiet period that has prevailed since June. This new crisis will be focused on about 20 banks with 200 to 900 billion in assets, the so-called mid-sized regional banks that are not too big to fail. Crises of this sort can feed on themselves and cause losses that go far beyond the particular banks that may be the most vulnerable. A new global banking crisis could be the result. And the last part of this is markets. All of the above predictions involve turmoil in either domestic U.S. politics, international macroeconomics, ongoing wars, or a potential financial meltdown, starting with the banking system. With that as a background, my market predictions are fairly straightforward. And now this is the last part. All good bullet points here. 2024 will be a difficult year for stocks. The market could decline at least 30% in a recession alone and as much as 50% if either Ukraine or the Israeli war escalates or a global financial crisis emerges. The major sectors will outperform even in a falling market and that's energy, defense, agriculture, and mining. 2024 should be an excellent year for U.S. government securities. All maturities will produce decent yields and capital gains as interest rates decline going into a recession. Basic commodities such as copper, iron ore, coal, non-precious metals, and agricultural uh, produce will generally decline as the recession unfolds. Gold and silver should perform well based on declining interest rates and a fight to and a flight to quality, excuse me. Energy will be volatile. I will tend to go based on economic weakness, but occasionally rally on geopolitical fears. The investment choices are clear. It will be a bad year for stocks, a good year for treasury securities, and a down year for commodities, except for energy and gold. The winners will be treasuries, gold, Oil and King Dollar, put your crash helmets on for a wild ride in the coming year. I thought this was a good overview of is you know what we're looking for and and what is on the horizon for 2024, which is going to be, and I agree with Rickards here, a lot more chaos. And especially you've got you've got this selection coming up. You've got the the big election, which is we're going to spend more money than ever because we always do every election cycle. It's going to be very partisan. It's going to be very ugly. And we've still got all of these periphery issues going on geopolitically, which you've got the decline in the use of the dollar. You've got the, still the emergence of the BRICS nations. I don't, the, the article I talked about 
uh, Lou Rockwell that came out showing the new uh, uh, the president of Argentina. There's some ties to his candidacy, the IMF, BlackRock, and the fact that Argentina was about to be in the the sphere of BRICS, which is Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. Major coup, it looks like, on the part of the IMF, because now Argentina is going to be uh, replacing its uh, peso and bringing in, it looks like, the dollar. Uh, so there's this forecast that Rick Rickards has. He didn't mention Argentina, but he talked about the dollar. I still think short term, just going to have, this is a ongoing currency war on who has the financial systems, the backbone, like the SWIFT system for global dominance. That has to do with that. That really is what drives the strength of the U.S. dollar. It's why, in my opinion, you had Powell, Jerome Powell, raising rates faster than any time in history because it wasn't necessarily about the U.S. economy, which was you know, puttering along after the massive amount of currency injection, which is historic. It's never happened before. The trillions and trillions injected into the economy. We had inflation. Of course, that was a somewhat of a response to internal domestic inflation, but it was really a response to global strength and purchasing power of the dollar. In my opinion, that was a global strategic move that put the U.S. economy second. And it's all about King Dollar. All right. I want to thank everybody again for being here. This this is a, an interesting time slot. I'm not used to broadcasting at this time, but I think it's a good time to kind of start the tone for the week. We can go through some stories, at least the, the macro big picture stuff, uh, gold, silver, Bitcoin, little uh, little known uh, meme coins. I want to talk, I saw it. We'll get to it at the end of the show. Uh, there's a meme coin that's up that is doing really well. You guys can go check it out. But I, I, I'll give you my opinion on meme coins and uh, and FOMO and all that stuff when it comes to crypto. Love crypto. There's a lot of that kind of stuff in there. Uh, some of it's silly, but none of it's evil, in my opinion. Um, not like fiat currency. All right, let's uh, let's jump right into some of the stories on gold. I saw David Knight was covering this today, and I want to talk a little bit about it. This is Costco, and this is story. Story's been out for for a bit. I mean, it, it's uh, it's been in in my radar for uh, the better part of the last uh, month or two. Uh, but it's gaining traction, and I think it says a lot about the consumer. Yeah, even the average person is starting to notice something's wrong with the currency. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this. Was CNBC? Costco sold more than 100 million in gold bars last quarter. Costco Chief Financial Officer Richard Galanti said Costco sold more than 100 million in gold bars during its most recent quarter. The one ounce gold bars typically sell out within a few hours after they are loaded to Costco's website. Customers are limited to two bars per Costco membership. Costco has found a new hit with online shoppers, gold. The retail warehouse giant sold more than 100 million of the precious metal in its first quarter, which ended on its fiscal quarter, excuse me, which ended November 26th. Costco Chief Financial Officer Richard Galanti told analysts during the company's earnings call Thursday. The one-ounce bars typically sell out within a few hours after they, uh, after they are loaded onto the website. The gold bars were listed at a price of $2,069.99. 
And I believe these are Rand refinery bars out of uh, South Africa. And I like the Rand Mint. I buy Rand bars all the time. Of course, customers are limited to two bars per membership. And of course, that's they're priced at 2069 when the latest spot price was 2020. So basically 50 bucks over spot. That's a good price. That's a good price. I mean, bars are typically going to be your best bet if you want to get quality gold. You know, knowing that you got 24 karat, 999, one ounce, that's sourceable. Gold bars are a good way to go because you're going to pay a little bit more premium on a coin, especially something like an American Eagle. So 50 bucks over spot is pretty good. That's a good price. However, you are limited to two bars and probably limited to that one particular type of bar. Still a good price. Members generally seem satisfied with their purchase with a 4.9 star rating on Costco's website and nearly 800 view- reviews. Some customers did complain about stiff state sales tax. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's another thing. If you're buying within a state, a lot of times they and depending on how you buy your gold and what type of online platforms you use, you could owe sales tax. And then that just kind of defeats the whole purpose of using your Costco. It's why they don't have gold and silver exchanges in places where they have sales tax in that state, because why would anybody buy that? Spot gold prices have jumped about 12% this year. JP Morgan is forecasting a breakout rally for the precious metal in 2024 with a peak of 2300 an ounce as interest rates are expected to fall according to the bank's commodities outlook now remember the all-time high was broken what two weeks ago and i think that just just the beginning i don't know what the price is going to be i'm it's not an investment show this is more like looking out for your savings it's a protection (laughs) it's a protection show the investment bank said gold could re- retreat to 1900 an ounce in the coming months, but that would set up investors' position uh, for a rally in 2024. So even places like Costco are getting into the, the gold business. And this is indicative, I think, of where we are. I mean, these are the signposts, the things to pay attention to. By the time that society catches up, to where I think a lot of us are, and especially my audience and what we're talking about, we're, we're a niche. We're on the cutting edge of what's going to be. We're talking about this is might as well be a show three, four years from now. But we're here and we're positioned to at least be a little bit ahead of the ball, which is always my goal here at Wise Wolf. None of my stuff. Well, none of my interviews, none, none of the intel or anything we, is all open source, and we will never put anything behind a paywall. If you want to support the program, you can support Wise Wolf or join Wolfpack, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, here towards the end of the show. i got a little bit of time left. But I think this is where we, it's an important story to cover. If you listen to my podcast, I even bring – like I just gave their prices. I would tell you what – usually when people call me, I'll look at competitors. We can't always beat every price. But it's important just to know the intel. I've had people that had their own exchanges come on my show, much, much bigger outfits, those in the mining sector and storage, you know, all of that. International traders, I've had them on my show as well, even though they competed with me because I want to know what they know. I want to know what their outlooks are because really it's 
it's about winning. <laughs> it's about us winning through the next uh, the next downturn, which is which is on the horizon, folks. And there's no there's no getting out of them. Even you can have a stabilized, somewhat stable outlook, and it's still declining purchasing power of the dollar. So what do you do? All right. Moving moving on in the realm of precious metals. We're going to I'm going to knock out all these articles today. I think I'm going to get there. And we will talk about Wolfpack and some of the deals I got going on still in time for the holidays to get those products shipped because I got the, the crews coming in. They'll probably be falling falling into the store sometime in the next uh, 10, 15 minutes. So you might you might see me wave a bit. The crews coming in to pack Wolfpack packages. All right, this was an article I found on silver. Let's put there silver's window. You know, a lot of these market analysis are, are based off of the, the spot price and ETF. Still fine because they're tracking spot and what's happened to silver in the spot market. But you guys know there's there's something I think in silver. I'm a big silver advocate just based off of all the needs. Uh, the, I know the supply. I know the numbers. And there's just not enough. We just right off the bat, there's something with silver, the gold silver ratio is skewed. So I, I like articles that are talking about the opportunity in silver because I think it's the opportunity of opportunities as far as getting into something, uh, you know, that is soft, that as far as a commodity, it may not be like a crypto that's going to go parabolic or something like that, but silver has massive upside. Silver's window of opportunity is closing with prices poised for an explosive move in 2024. This is according to Market Watch. Silver prices could be headed for an explosive rise in 2024 if global supplies continues to fall short of demand and the Federal Reserve makes good on its plans to pivot to interest rate cuts in the coming months. They will, by the way, according to metal market analysts. While silver this year has underperf underperformed gold, which saw prices touch record highs this year, the opportunity to snap up silver at bargain prices may be brief. The window for buying silver is in the low to mid 20s. It's ending. Said Peter Spina, president of Silver News and Information Provider SilverSeek.com. It is likely that prices next year will be pushing up toward the $30 an ounce technical resistance, he told MarketWatch, adding that he fully believes that the price barrier will fall. Generally, silver moves with gold much more than with other commodities such as copper or oil, and silver's moves tend to be bigger than gold's as a percentage. That, that is true, but there's just something so skewed about the entire silver setup, and I, I, I want to say I did the calculations the other day. I mean, we can try it live on air. I did the calculations the other day on the gold-silver ratio. Let's pull up the calculator. Let's just do it together. If we look at the spot price and we can go to uh, goldprice.org to, to check out the, the spot price together. Let's do that. Let me share my screen real quick. All right, let's look at silver. It's down four cents, 23.70. So let's, at the price of gold is 2022 per ounce. We divide that by 23.70. 
So it's 85.316 ounces of silver make one ounce of gold, which historically is ridiculous. <laughs> there's, there's no other word for it. Historically, it's just stupid. Because if you go back through all of history, it's usually been somewhere around 10 to 20 to 1, at 20 being the top. The United States, our country, founded on a 16 to 1 ratio. That lasted until 1933, when Franklin Roosevelt had you turn in your gold and the American people turn in the gold so they can move it to Basel, Switzerland, to the Federal Reserve, and then they raised the price from $20 an ounce, which was set in the late uh, 1700s, to $35 an ounce, which lasted until 1971. So it doesn't make any sense where we are. And if you find out, there's figures thrown out there through different analysts saying silver, it for you know, all the paper markets, for every ounce of silver that's traded, so like it's 250 to one of paper versus physical. That's what I'm, that's what the, some of the, I, who could prove that? But if you're watching banks like JP Morgan, JP Morgan, largest holder of silver in the world, do you want prices to remain low until you've accumulated? Do you, do you want to, going back to, to 2021, this was a really interesting time to watch people try to drive the price up by buying physical silver. And even though I couldn't get any physical silver in the short run at the time when people bought it all up, the price went down the next day. That to me was the tell. There's something strategic with the giant banks, possibly governments. It's something that happened in 1980 with the Hunt family when they drove silver up to $50 an ounce, which would be like $200 to $250 today. So there's something to that. They were uh, ruined for that because it shows the weakness in the dollar. And again, gold, uh, the dollar is at war with gold. The dollar is at war with value because it is it is king dollar. It is the It is the world's reserve currency. They do not, thou shall have no other currencies before me, says the dollar, even though that is waning. So I agree with this article, but much more to dig into with silver, and we'll do that here on this show. All right. I'm going to get all these articles in. <laughs> so we're going to speak about crypto. Now, the, the, the way I had in my mind when I set up this program, when I wanted it to... I, I combine the two things, which you don't find any other podcast to do that or radio shows because it, it's a different audience. You guys need, I think it's the same because it, whenever we can talk about new systems of currency, currency and money are two different things. They can be the same thing, but like the dollar is not money anymore. Gold is money. Silver is money. Uh, technically, Bitcoin's money. And that's a debatable thing, but technically, right? Because it's finite. And it takes energy and all that. We can get into the, <laughs> the weeds on Bitcoin. But there's there's an emerging set of currencies, which are crypto. I, I was part of the first Bitcoin ATMs that were putting out that were put out in this country back in 2016 when you really started seeing that ramp up. I got to learn a lot, kind of crash course on, on Bitcoin and some of the other periphery uh, tokens. I like crypto. But this is where, you know, we're going to, and especially if you uh, go subscribe to the podcast, there's going to be, even shorter interviews. I want to bring on people that are 
passionate about whatever coin. Uh, we'll bring on Bitcoin maximalists. We'll bring on crypto traders. I'll bring on some of those. I want to hear their thoughts because a lot of this is just skepticism of the monetary and banking system, which again I believe is evil. I don't there's, don't don't pull punches. You're talking about a system that is designed to enrich those at the very very top and create worker drones, serfs out of the rest of us that we're always just constantly chasing the dollar. It's constantly losing value. And then they want you to, well, don't, don't worry about that. Jump into our financial products that we created. Notice when they created all the financial products is when after they decoupled the dollar from values to kind of give you the illusion that you're keeping up, but you're really not. And I think crypto is an answer to that. It's, you know, Bitcoin was certainly an answer to that. And whoever, whatever Satoshi Nakamoto was after the 2008 debacle and the release of that, I think we're just watching something, which I think is a natural reaction to cryptography. This has nothing to do with central bank digital currency, which I am an opponent of. Uh, actually, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a mortal enemy <laughs> to, uh, I'm a nemesis to central bank digital currency and you should be too. But the, the, the crypto space is fun and can be very dangerous. Let's look at one of these articles here. I want to show you guys. This is a this is one of the meme coins. And you know, there's always a there's a new meme coin. It always has a a dog. Hold on, let me pull this up. Yeah, this is uh, crypto trader turns one thousand into one hundred thousand, and Solana's newest meme coin, dog with hat. <laughs> it's. It's D-O-G-W-I-F-H-A-T. Like it or not, and this is off of uh, Coindesk.com, by the way. Uh, crypto, <laughs> this is a meme coin. Like it or not, dog tokens are driving big business in the crypto markets. It says, dumb money is roaring back into crypto markets with one trader turning 1,000 into well over 100,000 by betting on all things a token whose mascot is a dog wearing a beanie. Pseudonymous crypto enthusiast uh, Block Grays told Coindesk he bought the meme coin Dog With Hat, WIF, in late November, shortly after it de debuted on Solana's blockchain's DeFi markets. I thought the dog with the hat was very funny, and so I bought some. <laughs> Noting he's soon uh, since realized 25000 in profits while letting the rest of his gamble ride in his wallet. And a gamble, it truly is. Anyone can spin up a cryptocurrency, create a market for it, and hope it catches some bids. But those associated with memes, and particularly with memes of the Shiba Inu dog breed, have a tendency to balloon in value and sometimes even endure. Well, it's true. And the problem with that, it's not based off fundamentals. And there is a chance, I mean, you... You're going to see these stories. If you're plugged in, there is a chance you can get major gains. You can go 10x, 100x, you can go parabolic, all this crazy stuff. I don't recommend these things, but I think it's interesting to watch. It is troublesome because then you can turn into, get into an FTX situation, which this, the, the bank man frieds of the world and all these people that are establishment, uh, 
do your own thinking. I mean, do, do, do these controlled demolitions does it take out the legitimacy of crypto? And crypto is it, it is putting a it is a shot across the bow of the banking establishments. Why they're ratcheting everything up? You have the Bank of International Settlements creating their coin. The IMF has the Unicoin. They want to create one coin to rule them all. This is you know the, the Fed now is out through the the backbone of the central bank digital currency. You have to watch all that because they want to use the technology to put the the almighty state in control of the currency, basically bypassing any free market saying, oh, you love that technology? Of course, they tried it in Nigeria. <laughs> Thank God for the Nigerians. They said, oh, this is garbage. We like Bitcoin, which I like Bitcoin too. And We'll cover some more of this kind of stuff on the Wise Wolf Golden Crypto Show. Uh, maybe I'll bring on uh, some traders who want to talk about you know, the upside. What's the long term on all of these meme type coins? I mean, I'm, I'm open to suggestions, but it has to have a function. Bitcoin truly does have a function there. Looks like we got the we got the crew. The Wise Wolf is, is walking in the door, so uh, you guys may you may hear a little bit of background noise, but. It is a, it is interesting uh, to watch now. Now juxtapose that to something I think that is uh, this is Bitcoin Magazine. I thought this was uh, this caught my eye. Bitcoin Magazine put out a an article. It's just really quick. It's this is where the mainstream is being codified with. This was such a niche thing. It was like the Wild West for a long time in crypto. A spot Bitcoin ETF applicant Bitwise releases new Bitcoin ETF in a commercial. And I'll share my screen with you. It has the Dos Equis man. <laughs> Which, you know, by the way, one of the greatest compliments I've ever been paid was uh, by Charlie Robinson, who runs the Macroaggressions podcast. He, he called me the most interesting man in the world. He said, forget the Dos Equis guy. You've got to know Tony Arterman, which I, I can't believe that. I mean, the guy, how do you get called the most interesting man in the world by Charlie Robinson, who had you know written books on the controlled demolition of the American empire and had, you know, how many guests on macro aggression, a great smart show who, I, you know, this is I, someone I proudly sponsored with my company. This is uh, again, bitcoinmagazine.com. And it's bitwise. They release a new Bitcoin ETF commercial. I'll play this for you guys. Stand by me. Put it on the screen here. You know what's interesting these days? Bitcoin. <laughs> Look for bitwise, my friends. <laughs> well, it is interesting. Well, that is, I think the ETF. Can we all agree that this is going to happen? The spot ETF for Bitcoin is going to happen. Somebody's going to position themselves in the right spot at the right time. It's going to be one of these majors or all of them. Somebody will do this. It just has too much upside for the for the ruling elite. And they're fighting themselves. It's like schizophrenic. They don't know what to do. It's multiple personalities, personalities fighting each other. Like, well, we want to go with King Dollar. But see, Bitcoin's a new system. It's going to have that pull. Those who start drifting over there, it's a completely different setup than you know what ESG is. Environmental social governance 
that's turning away from building and production and making things and lowering costs through innovation. ESG is about punishing and using the old debt system to reward those who want to turn away from actually creating anything. Do your homework on this. ESG is the, the death knell of free markets and Western civilization. These kind of things, Bitcoin turns you away. So well, how do we innovate? How do we create more renewable energy? How do we create more verifiable financial systems? How do we get people to have a currency or keeping a currency that doesn't devalue every five seconds because some bankster psychopath in, in charge of your dollar or your currency keeps bloating it up to pay for a welfare warfare state. These are two, these two things are diametrically opposed. I'm for, you know, for the record, I'm going with the new system and I'm going really with the old system at the same time, which I think will merge. <laughs> it's a, this is a byproduct of Gresham's law. When bad money enters a system, good money goes into hiding. And I would think that the end result there, the end game of that is that good money eventually replaces the old system. Again, the bad money, because that reaches its apex. Did you know that the historically fiat currencies are only about 25 years in their lifespan? So we've doubled as the dollar, we've doubled the average. So we're 50 years in plus. Well, it's interesting because the dollar now is the world's oldest fiat currency. Every currency on earth, every government issues fake fiat currency, but the dollar is the oldest. And there's something I need to bring this chart on. I always think of this, the last part of the show, maybe we'll bring it up uh, next week. Uh, well, we'll be off Christmas, but the next show, the next live show, there's a, you can see the hockey stick and it's global debt. I'm like from recorded history and it, you know, it has its ebbs and flows and then you see the industrial revolution and spikes a little bit and there's, you know, World War II and the great depression and there's global debt. And then it shows 1971 and all global debt and it just goes off and crazy into the right, into the wild blue yonder. And that's global. So it's global, it's systemic, it's in everything we do. And that's unsustainable. So all of that, the massive amount of debt, everything that's coupled with that. So you need to start, this is what my recommendation is and what I'm doing. I'm just looking at systems that are outside of that. How do I get outside of that? If you, you know, something that our Buckminster Fuller said, people can't get out of the way of what they don't see coming. So what is coming? Well, it's, they tell you there's a great reset. And I can't stop it, and neither can you. They're they're implementing that. Whether or not it's successful in the way they want it to be, that's up to us. But they're doing it. And this is a collaboration of the major banking consortiums and combines combined with the governments, right, to, to implement a new financial world order. And that will happen, they hope, on their systems you know, one coin to rule them all, everything cracking back to the IMF and the Bank of International Settlements. These are not solved because you have in this in a another system opposed to that inside of it is the BRICS, which is has more population. It doesn't have the same economic strength, but when you combine them, 
it certainly does rival. So we've got a lot that nothing is set. It's like Terminator 2. There is no, there's no fate, no fate, but what we make. And that's exactly what's happening here. You're watching the end and the, this has nothing to do in my opinion with, I'm looking at history. I'm not looking at bull markets and what some, somebody asked Peter Schiff the other day, is this the, the end uh, of, of gold's bull run when it uh, hit the all time high. And he's like, no, it's the beginning. And I said, actually, it's something else. It's you're watching a system pass away. And it happens. If you watch history, there's a something that Hemingway said about how people go bankrupt. It's gradually, then suddenly it just starts to the foundation shake. And then it's off to the races. You see the opportunity will be in there for these other nations and new systems. So, you know, my opinion on the Bitcoin ETF, you know, this is this is something that's going to happen. This is something that we're going to have. All right, folks, we got a little bit of time left. I want to make sure that I plug for uh, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. And, you know, we're not Costco. Uh, we don't limit you to two bars. As a matter of fact, if you want to lock in a trade, you can lock. You, that's the difference between my company and a lot. You can call me if I know you, if we have any sort of re relationship at all. I can lock in a price for you. So if you've got the need to to buy some gold, you see the price is falling and whatever, or the it's it's at that sweet spot for you. Same thing with silver. I can lock it in with one of my uh, wholesalers or the Dallas Gold and Silver trading floor. Lock it in. It's done. You just got to pay me and then we uh, get it off the floor, get it shipped to you, uh, insured. Uh, are we going to compete with Costco's prices all the time? No, of course not. That's really hard to do. They're a you know multinational. I'm sure they have some sort of deal with whatever refiner they're in. But we can come close and we can do things like free shipping. Another thing you can do is dollar cost average. And you can go through our Wolfpack program. And I did the inverse of what a lot of these gold dealers do. I went and said, if if you think you can't afford precious metals, you're wrong because I make it to where you can go as low as 35 bucks a month. That's for the wolf cub. That's for the kids. But it's 50 bucks a month at the base program. Uh, for Lone Wolf. That's the Lone Wolf program. It's mostly silver. You get some gold back sometimes. I try to every once in a while to throw in a, a small gold coin or something. It's hard to do with these prices and premiums. They're nuts right now. Uh, but we have done that in the past. That's why I, gold backs are really useful in that way where you can get a, uh, you know, get that gold uh, 24 karat paper, you know, whatever it is, the, the note itself is made of 24 karat gold. Really cool. And they, those are acceptable in states like New Hampshire and Wyoming and, and Nevada. We, we deal with those here. So it's the inverse of a lot of the gold dealers out there. I saw an advertisement that is, if you got 10,000, give us a call. Not everybody has 10,000 and you can, you know, get in and out. You can upgrade. There's no contract. We make it really, really easy. Uh, so go to our website, any, you know, wisewolfgoldandsilver.com. You can check out the links to Wolfpack, or you can just go to wolfpack.gold and go direct to the site. So we've set that up, made it really easy and in time for the holidays too. Uh, just, I mean, we still got, if you order today, I'm pretty sure I can get it out before Christmas. So, but it would have to be in the next couple of days. We have, you can buy one time. You don't have to buy the membership you can buy one time. And that goes all the way up to uh, to a thousand bucks. All right. So the chat, I didn't get over the Rockfin chat, but I want to say hi to everybody. Uh, Yekka's in the chat, free thinker and Keith S., I'm just waiting for the mark, the in quotations, the global CBDC coin. Yeah, that's the mark. I, I agree with that. It's totally satanic. Uh, CBDC is just, uh, as my friend uh, mentioned Charlie twice in the show, Charlie Robinson, he said, that's the hill to die on. 
appreciate everybody on the Rockfin chat. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be here uh, 11 a.m., uh, 12 Eastern every Monday. Uh, Mondays, metals, monetary system, there's something I can do with that, maybe uh, in the, the updated intro. And, of course, uh, Harps over in the YouTube chat, Gam Woofers. Uh, is uh, Yes, so much gold sold at Costco that's really telling, says Gam. And uh, he says Wolfpack. I appreciate you being a Wolfpack member, Gam. Thank you so much. Well, we'll be back, uh, not this coming Monday, um, but we will be back uh, that following. Look to the podcast channel for little shorts. I might find articles that I want to go over. Uh, I missed one today. Uh, there was a few things that I wanted to talk about, but uh, check out the podcast channel. Leave us a review. Uh, there'll be more content over there. And, of course, the Art of Burn Radio transmission and Paratruther. Uh, we, we broadcasted live on freeworld.fm today. Uh, please go and, and check that out as well. And I appreciate all of you uh, who joined. Remember, in a world of bulls and bears, be the wolf. Merry Christmas. <laughs>